Welcome back, everybody, to another week of Deducation, the podcast where a couple of teachers like us talk about things we like, like horror movies, and then discuss what it would be like being an educator in that environment. I am one of your hosts, Mike. And I'm the other one, Courtney. And this week, actually, just around the corner, Monday is Halloween 2022, and what better movie to talk about before Halloween than the original Halloween. Halloween. A movie that is very near and dear to my heart. If you listened last week, you heard me give a, a premature grade. <laughs> if you didn't, I'll make you wait. Uh, but it is your first time viewing this film. Yes, it is. And, and I, I, go ahead. I liked it. Good, good. Uh, that's, that's, a, that, that's a positive verb. Not the strongest <laughs> verb, but it's a positive verb, and that's yes. okay. Because you're, um, you're still in your infancy of uh-huh. horror. So... Uh, and I think, um, as we've kind of talked about before, that as, and I definitely know, as you build out your your viewing log, you start to see things in a little different light. Like, suddenly a movie you thought you, you know, a, a movie that you liked becomes a lot better because of a bunch of crap. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh, and things that you used to like, and then you see better things, and you're like, oh man, now I really do know what a good movie looks like. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about Halloween. The at the time and for a very long time, the most successful independent film of all time. Uh, John Carpenter wrote and directed this movie. This is not his debut film, but he did. Uh, it's his real big hit, his first real big hit. He wrote and directed this movie, um, did the music for this movie, and it, I mean, it was huge. This movie is huge when it came out. It was before my time, not by much, just a year and change, but. Uh, but it was it was huge, massive haul, uh, and uh, did very well at the box office and spawned a bunch, a whole bunch of sequels that they're still making just a couple weeks ago. And uh, but this is it. This is where it all starts. It's just a, a guy with an idea and his friends, and they make a movie. Um, and this is the one they made. Uh, it is Jamie Lee Curtis's film debut. And I, I love her. I didn't know that, which, okay, I guess I shouldn't say I love her because I've seen like a few movies by her, but the movies that I have seen by her, I really, really like her in. Yeah. So Jamie Lee um, Curtis is a fine actress. What have you seen her in? My girl is like a soft spot in my heart, gets me crying every time. Uh And, um, just the typical Freaky Friday, but Again, like I really like her in those two movies, so yeah. that's why I say I shouldn't say I love her because I've only seen two of her many movies. But that's but. okay. <laughs> that, that's good. That means you've got a long way to go. She, uh, she definitely was what they, you know, they, they, um, they uh, horror fans coined as a scream queen. She was, okay. she was a big deal in the '80s. Mm-hmm. There was uh, Halloween. She was in a movie called The Fog. Uh, she was in another horror film called Prom Night. The Fog was another John Carpenter movie. Um, she was in a movie called... Uh, oh, man. There's so many. Um, I Terror Train, but I'm not sure if she was in that. There was a lot, though. Halloween 2 she was in. So there was a string of the 80s. And this being her first one, um, that uh, she was just like the star of these horror films and really built her career uh you know off of the back of these horror films also did a lot of other things in the 80s trading places with dan Aykroyd and and eddie murphy was it was a comedy um like you said uh, my girl she was in uh, she did a she did like this 
aerobics movie with John Travolta called Perfect. Um, she's just a little bit of everywhere. Yeah. But she also comes from like Hollywood royalty. Uh, her dad, uh, his, his name's Tony Curtis. He was a big star in his day. Um, her mother, uh, Janet Lee. Um, I know you haven't seen Psycho uh, by Alfred Hitchcock. But are, are you familiar with what Psycho is at all? Yes. You've, like you've heard of it? And actually, um, when you were talking about how you and Jenny went and did houses, mm-hmm. I've been to the Psycho house. Okay, yeah. But I don't well, know. I've never seen the movie. <laughs> but but you know the premise of like, yes. you know, like a, a woman gets killed in the shower, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. Okay. So, Jamie, you know, so Janet Lee, you know, it's like, so she, it's kind of cool when you think that it's like, my dad was a big star. My mom was a big star. And then this is how she gets her start. Almost like yeah. I want to do it my way. I don't want to ride the cur- you know, ride the coattails of my parents and just yep. be offered a role. Like she's work, she's on the ground working, at, you know, working up from, from scratch on independent films. And, uh, and she really is, she really did take off. She's still making movies today. She's married to, um, Christopher Guest, uh, who, he himself is a very successful writer, actor, and director in Hollywood. Um, he does a lot of um, like uh, mockumentaries. What they're called. Okay. He was he was in a movie called This Is Spinal Tap. Yeah, uh, his most famous movie is called Best in Show. Um, it's about it's like a movie about like a dog show. Uh, but he directs a lot of just real funny comedies. Really, like you like it or you don't. Kind yeah. Of thing. And so, um, you know, so she's kind of always been there. She was in a movie with John, Tr- or John Travolta, Arnold Schwarzenegger called True Lies. Like, she's she's been around, and I also am a big fan of Jamie Lee Curtis. But this is where she starts, um, but not yet, because before we get to Jamie Lee Curtis in the movie Halloween, something else happens. What happens to kick off our movie? Um, we've got a six-year-old who is. I mean, to continue the theme with the last two weeks, dressed as a clown for Halloween. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. And <laughs> um, he, you're kind of going through the the eyes of him. Mm-hmm. And um, he's spying on his, what I would assume to be his sister and yeah, her it's boyfriend. His, it's his older sister, Judith. Um, getting handsy on the couch. And then it heads up to where he, he stabs her. Yeah. And she's gone. Uh it, Ju- <laughs> Judith boyfriend, not much for romance that one. Uh, <laughs> no, he he was uh, <laughs> he's quick. Yeah. Uh, by the time they went upstairs and turned the light off, it was thirty seconds before he's yep. putting the shirt on and running back out the door. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, like you mentioned, we're we're watching all of this from somebody's point of view. We don't know who yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, just watching the house coming in through the back door, which I thought was odd. I really didn't even pick it up for the many times to see this movie until last night that like the back door was just wide open. And I know Uh they do it for filming purposes because you're bringing a camera through the door. But I even said to my wife, I'm like, why, like, why is the door open? Like, well, whatever. Grabs a knife, goes upstairs, puts on a little clown mask. And then we see again from the, from the point of view of the killer now, like she's there like post- relations and brushing her hair and you know it was michael and he just starts going to town yeah stab stab stabbing away kills her walks out the front door as his parents pull up and like they just take his mask off and that is when we see like camera flips and 
just a boy. Yeah. Uh, and this is the part of the movie that honestly, for me, really, this is what really ramps up the scare factor for me. Because, well, because I mean, he's like something is obviously wrong in his head because he is so young. Right. So young. But but he's young. But he he lives in the suburbs. I mean, he li- he lives in a decent home. His parents are still married. They're out together. Like like it. To me, that's what makes this movie scary. Is there's no like cause. You know, yeah. you see a lot of. You know, even, like, what we go through with, like, uh, you know, like, red flag students, you know, look look mm-hmm. for certain, look for certain characteristics. Yeah. Nothing you know, of him was high nothing, risk. Nothing. Nothing. You know, he was out trick-or-treating. Uh-huh. He was still in his costume. Although he was already dressed as a clown, but his mask was upstairs. Whatever. Um, you know, independent film goofs. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, murders his sister with a chef knife. And that's how the movie starts. And then it fast-forwards... Like, 15 years later. Um, and this part is creepy as well. Yeah. You know, this is where we meet uh, Dr. Loomis and a nurse. Uh, mm-hmm. They are on their way. They're doing a patient transport. on at, Apparently at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on, this, on Halloween <laughs> Eve. This is where I knew that I would like the movie because uh-huh. my favorite movie is based off of or like in a psychiatric ward what, what movie i is just that? um girl interrupted okay absolute favorite movie um but i was like oh okay like that we're going we're heading to a psych ward like this is this is pretty cool i'm gonna yeah. like this <laughs> um, yeah yeah uh, yeah i i'll admit i haven't seen girl interrupted so I'll you and add... you and curtis should add it to your list of well, well, movie. Well, We'll figure out a way, we'll figure out a way, we'll find a theme to fit it in. Maybe it'll be, you know, commas in the title month or something. Um, uh, and so, yeah, this is where we get a little bit of backstory from Dr. Loomis. Dr. Loomis uh, has been um, Michael's psychiatrist uh, mm-hmm. for many years. And, a, and another, another little touch of irony here uh, to draw the connection just a bit more. Uh, the name Dr. like Sam Loomis uh, in the movie Psycho, Jamie Lee Curtis's like man friend, his name is Sam Loomis, oh. and it's just just this weird little web of connection yeah. that you know. Uh, so Doctor Loomis is Michael's psychiatrist, and he's been trying to crack this kid for fifteen years, hasn't said a word in fifteen years. Like so, we're get, so he just believes that he's he's a lost cause. He's mm-hmm. just evil, pure evil, um, which. Yeah, it's awful that he did that as a six-year-old. But I guess for me, it's like, has he still been violent for the next 15 years? You know, like, I would understand if he was still lashing out all the time. Yeah. But, like, he did it once, and then for 15 years, he just doesn't want to talk. I don't know if it makes him evil, but but whatever. And so they're headed, again, rainy night, driving to the sanitarium. Uh, And and this is, this is, you know, this little, like, next little scene here, really creeps my wife out when they're pulling up and the the flat the headlight beams as they're hitting like the the courtyard of the sanitarium you see the patients just out milling around yeah and they Um, almost kind of look like zombies like they look like they have been drugged up to be like just calm exactly and you'll 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 find this with me i'll admit it now and it will probably won't be the first time i talk about it that 
as we watch more and more movies from the 70s and 80s, I really, really enjoy movies that use natural lighting. And what I mean by that is, um, in this case, it was the headlights that were naturally on the car that mm-hmm. were that were showcasing uh, the, in, not inmates, but the patients of the sanitarium, as opposed to a lot of recent horror movies where even if it's dark, you could still see everything because they still have, they've lit everything. Yeah. It's just a real low light. Um, and so you see that a lot in this movie, use of shadows and letting things be in the dark until they have to come into the light. Uh-huh. And that's been, and I think a lot of that is just because lighting, you know, now we've got LEDs and it's really cheap and it's really cool. And, and I mean, temperature wise, because back then, like all the lighting was big and like, hot lights and you know so um you know energy just it's just expensive yeah Uh, and so you'll find that with me i got a real soft spot for movies (laughs) that that just if it's dark you just let it be dark like yeah i don't necessarily have to see what's in the dark um not yet anyway so we they pull up mike or loomis gets out he's gonna go um unlock the gate that is courtyard full of patients so i don't know that's the smartest move yeah, and we he's get a brave, re- yeah. brave <laughs> we soul. Get a, we get a really cool shot here of, like, we're looking, like, towards the back of the station wagon. Mm-hmm. And then again, another natural light shot, because the, the nurse is driving and she's got the brakes applied, so the brake lights are on. And then we see somebody scale, like, the back of the station wagon, yes. only lit by those tail lights, and she hears them on the roof of the car. Of course, we don't know who it is. Um, but he's on the roof of the car and then, and then the nurse does what any intelligent person would do when you pull up to a gate of a sanitarium that is full of people. So all of the patients are out of the sanitarium and she hears something on top of the sanitarium. Um, she rolls down the window and looks because why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Open, open it up to what's outside. I'm just going to roll the window down and see what's up there. And of course... You know, she gets attacked, uh, tries to get away, gets attacked again, uh, jumps out of the car, and whoever was on top of the roof jumps in the car and steals the car, drives away. Uh, Loomis, um, (laughs) again, I I hate being so critical because I love this movie so much, but I really didn't think about these things until I watched it last (laughs) night. Loomis immediately knows that it's Michael Myers that stole the car. Yeah. Despite the fact, despite the fact the he's taken, he's taken no inventory of any inmate that's there. He got, he went from the car to the gate, and then got distracted and went back to the car, and the car's gone. And he's like, "It's Michael, Michael." <laughs> I'm like, "How do you know it was Michael Myers?" <laughs> but his guess was correct, and it was Michael Myers. So, um, he's he's gone. He's he's loose. Um, we cut to the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Halloween. And, and now we are in Haddonfield, Illinois, which is a fictional town in my home county, Warren County, Illinois. Oh, wow. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, uh, it was, they call it the Smith's Grove Sanitarium, uh-huh. but in later sequels, it's, it's like the Warren County Sanitarium, oh. which, which there isn't a Warren County oh. Sanitarium growing up. <laughs> Growing up in Monmouth, there, there's no Warren County Sanitarium. But it was still like, huh, that's kind of cool. You picked my home county. Um, 
And so, yeah, we're back here and, uh, and we meet Lori. How do yes. we meet Lori? Um, is this where she's, her and her little brother are walking to school, aren't they? Well, it's not her brother. It's just the kid she's babysitting, Tommy. Yeah, she's, okay. she's, a, why did she, I not catch that? I guess I thought that was her brother through the whole movie because she no. was with him the whole time, I thought. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. But no, that's just the kid she's babysitting. Yeah, okay. she leaves the house and, uh, dad's a realtor. And he wants her to drop a key off at the, at the Myers house, which was the yes. house that Michael Myers, you know, murdered his sister. And so it's been like yep. abandoned for 15 years. Um, I don't know who's hired her dad to be the realtor, <laughs> considering the house has been abandoned for yeah. a decade and a half. But hey, you know, maybe it's a, it's a seller's market and <laughs> you could get lucky. Yeah, um, and this is where the little boy's like, no, don't go up there. And yeah, she, yeah. like, goes and knocks on the door, kind of. Yeah, she drops the key yeah, off. And, and, yeah, uh, and you can see Michael just, like, or I guess a figure. I don't, yeah. you don't know that it's Michael at the time, but he just kind of peeks through the window. You see the back of his head and hear his heavy breathing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So he, like, he, he like, she, he notices her. But, like you said, you know, the... The boy she's babysitting that night, Tommy Jarvis, you know, he um, meets up with them. And no, I don't think that's right. I don't think it's Tommy Jarvis. I think I'm getting Friday the 13th mixed up. Uh, uh, it is Tommy. It, is, it doesn't matter. Tommy Doyle. Tommy Doyle. It isn't yes. Tommy. Tommy Jarvis is uh, the surviving kid from Friday the 13th part four. Because I'm a horror nerd and I know these things. <laughs> uh, Tommy Doyle is who she's babysitting. Who does come back in Halloween Part 6, played by Paul Rudd. Ooh, I'll have to watch that. I do like Paul Rudd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> played by Paul... He still looks the exact same, of course. But played by a young Paul Rudd in Halloween 6. Um, but yeah, so they're walking and they're just chat, chat, chatting away. And again, like, like you mentioned, Lori drops the key off. She's walking away from the house. And like, Michael's... It's daytime. She's on her way to school. Mm -hmm. Michael just, he just steps out onto the sidewalk and he's still watching her. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's just a lot of this, we don't know what we're looking at, but we know what we're looking at's not good. Yes. Um, kind of cut back and forth to where Loomis, who's been tracking the vehicle, he comes across like a, uh, uh, like a mechanic's, truck yes and, and he's at a payphone um, he's using a payphone mm -hmm. and, uh, and michael's inmate or not inmate patient clothes are in that truck and the doors open and he didn't see a body but had later scanned over yeah. this mechanic's body yeah when, so who's missing his coveralls yes leading to us to that's where michael got his coveralls yeah like his blue coveralls um we also see a scene here before too long, you know, because like I said, Lori's on her way to school. Um, she's sitting in English class and the teacher's talking about fate and how you can't escape fate no matter how hard you try. But Lori's not really paying attention because she's distracted by something outside. Yeah, something that is looking in at her. Yeah, there's a station wagon parked across the street and Michael Myers is standing on the far side of the station wagon just staring at the school. Mm -hmm. So apparently Michael now, somehow, he's been incarcerated for 15 years, but he quickly, the morning that he sees this new person dropping a key off his little, at his old house, he 
he must have somehow called the school and got her schedule so we knew <laughs> so we knew which window to be staring at um and so but no she notices him uh you know and, and it's just kind of this overlapping conversation of you can't escape fate a little bit of foreshadowing that you know he, she just notices him stalking her. yeah um you know he's even stalking tommy a little bit because mm-hmm. we see a scene um after that where tommy's leaving school with a pumpkin because that's what they do that's what they do in haddonfield is they give you gigantic pumpkins to take <laughs> home just carry it kid you know you're just a tiny little kid that needs a babysitter but you could surely carry a pumpkin yeah. all the way home and uh he's getting picked on and um you know, trips, falls, break the pumpkin, whatever. You know, and as the bullies are running away, one of them like runs right into Michael Myers. Uh-huh. And so it's just like, you just kind of wonder, I mean, you may have wondered. I, of course, already knew because I've seen it so many times. But, like, he saw these two approach his house, and now he's just fixated on these two. Yeah. Uh, and he somehow, like, he just knows where they are. He hasn't been in town for 15 years, mm-hmm. let alone let's let's not get distracted on how he knows how to drive. Uh, you know, he's been in a sanitarium since he was six. Um, but, you know, she just he's Lori's seeing him enough that it gives her the willies a little bit. Yeah. So she she's walking home with her friends, Annie and Linda, um, and they notice again, they, they notice the station wagon. Yeah, and, and doesn't Linda yell at it? Yeah, one of the two. One of, yeah, they're just whoever like, has darker hair. I right. <laughs> I haven't Annie. seen it that's enough. Annie. Okay, Annie. I haven't yeah, seen Annie. it enough times no, to right. remember. No, that's who. understandable. <laughs> Annie um, and Annie's dad is like the sheriff. In yes, too. yes. So uh, Annie had yelled something at it. Yes, yeah, speed, speed kills because he, he just <laughs> he wasn't even driving fast. He was like creeping <laughs> no. down the block and then. And he slammed on his brakes, and then right. they were, I mean, all three of them were like, oh, uh-huh. crap. <laughs> <laughs> At which, I, we, I know I see it, you probably do as well. I see that a lot. Just this, like, idiotic courage of kids mm-hmm. to be like, I'm just going to spout out whatever I want. And then when they get called on it, they have no idea how to handle it. Yeah. Because they're just like, uh... <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, oh! You didn't think about the consequences of your exactly, actions. Exactly. Yeah. How like... juvenile of you. Um, and so he does drive off. We cut back to Loomis, who's like tracked him to Haddonfield. I, why he's at the cemetery on his own volition, I don't know. Uh, but he, but I, well, I guess we could, we could, we could guess that that Loomis suspects that Michael's headed back to Haddonfield because that's where he killed his sister fifteen years ago. Yeah. So Loomis goes to the cemetery and meets with the caretaker. Just show me where her, where her grave is. Like he Mm -hmm. just like, he knows he's only been violent with one person. It was his sister. I guess he's just going to check it out. He gets there and what's missing. (laughs) Everything. Yeah. Like the casket, the body, everything is gone. There's just a hole in the ground. Yeah. The the tombstone for sure uh, shows up later, but yeah, he's, He's taken the tombstone uh, from from the gravesite, which means that this man has got incredible strength. Because he, that is, like, all he marble. did was live for fifteen years, right? Apparently, because there's no shovel, <laughs> no. you can tell he just uprooted this tombstone from the ground and then took it with him. Yeah, uh, I've got use for this later. Uh, he's a man with a plan, um, and so Annie and. Um, 
Annie's babysitting that night, and uh, why am I drawing a blank? Lindsay. No, Lori. (laughs) Yeah, Annie is babysitting Lindsay. Yes. And across the street, Lori is babysitting Tommy. And Annie is drawing, Annie is taking, um, Annie's going to be taking Lori over. So Lori's up in her room and she's looking out the window and who's standing in the backyard? <laughs> Freddie, or not Freddie, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> that would also be freaky. Like, what are you doing here? Wrong movie. Uh, yeah, Michael Myers is standing there among like the sheets. He's just staring up at her window. So he's been mm-hmm. stalking her like all day long. And then she gets a phone call, and she's panicked because, of course, now when she looks back, Michael Myers is gone. She has no idea who this is, by the yeah. way. Not a clue who this guy is. Um, so she looks out the window. He's gone. Phone rings. There's Nobody's there. She's like heavy breathing. So she hangs up. Phone rings again. It's Annie. And she's just, you know, Annie, um, not the greatest actress in the world, but I think she plays, like, the rude best friend really well. Uh-huh. Um, so she's giving her crap. Oh, now you're hearing noises. And, uh, you know, so she's not taking any of the concern of her best friend at all. No. Um, you know, well, I'm coming. I'm on my way to pick you up. So uh, one of my favorite, like, camera tricks comes up in this scene. Uh, Annie and Lori, they, they're driving and they swing by a, um, they swing by like a hardware store. My yes. wife and I have been to that hardware store. That's awesome. Yeah, we just, it's, uh, it was really cool. When we were out in LA for a week, we just hit up different, we just punched in different movie locations on the GPS and just led it to where it took it. Went to where it led us, and one of them was that. I was like, oh my God. That's... <laughs> and then it was like, Michael Myers was parked right where we parked. And, the, and, uh, and so, you know, they're there having a conversation with her dad. This is where we established that, you know, her dad's like, like the sheriff or police chief or whatever, you know, and he's there investigating a robbery because somebody just stole, like they stole a mask, uh, some, some knives, a rope, you know, like nothing major. No, which again leads me to live. Like we've seen Michael Myers all day long in that mask and this, and he's just now reporting to this break in after school's out. Yeah. And the alarm is still going. <laughs> like. <laughs> he was the only cop in town. I guess. He had to have been. Because, again, when Lori dropped the key off before school, Michael had already robbed the place and taken a mask. Yeah, It is now nine hours later. <laughs> and the police are like, you know, we should probably get over to the harbor store and check that out. Uh, but it's just whatever. It's. You dig in too deep, you can rip any movie apart. But this is just laying the tone. It does explain where he gets all of his stuff. Um, and But anyway, the camera thing I really like here is the girls drive away and Loomis shows up. And Loomis is talking and he's letting him know, hey, I know it's Halloween, but there's a, there's a, you know, Michael Myers is on the loose. But, but what I really like about this is Loomis is standing there and after he's had the conversation with the cop, uh, Dr. Loomis is looking right. He's like looking left and right by the camera. But we see Michael in the station wagon parked like mm-hmm. across the street. So we could see them both in frame. I just love it how Loomis is looking to his left as Michael's on his right. And as Michael passes behind him, Loomis just happens to look the other way. It's like they were right there on the same street at the same time and just coincidentally 
he missed him because that's other. obviously the car he's been looking for. Yeah. Um, and this is where really it's just been there's been no violence yet. No, there was there the attack hasn't. on there's been the attack on the sister, the implied off camera well not implied the off camera attack on the mechanic, but other than that, it's just been a lot of like stalking. Mm-hmm. Um, but now the girls are where they're going to be babysitting. Annie is over at Lindsay's across the street, and Annie does not want to babysit. No. Um, Lori is your Girl Scout. She's over there. She's got plans. We're going to watch a movie, and we're going to decorate, and we're going to carve pumpkins, and she's a good babysitter. She um, is. And so uh, this this is where everything starts. It's now yeah. dark. It's Halloween night. I don't know why the girls didn't take their the kids out trick-or-treating it's halloween i know night. they're kind of boring yeah. babysitters a little bit but that's okay there is a psychopathic murder on the <laughs> loose so you know they're stay indoors um and uh this is where annie annie's getting a phone call from a boyfriend um you know wants to hang out so annie talks Lori into taking Lindsay as well and this is where, like, the first murder in town that we've seen happens with the dog. Yes, yeah. Because that it. dog would not shut right. up. Right, and Michael took care of the dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that's Lindsay's dog. Uh, the actress that plays Lindsay Wallace, um, her name is Kyle Richards. She's on one of the, like, Real Housewives shows. Oh. But... When they, I won't, not remade, but when they made like the new Halloween in mm-hmm. 2018 and Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, like she, like the actress reprises her role as Lindsay Wallace because she lives. Yeah. And so she comes back as Lindsay Wallace. So she and Jamie Lee Curtis are playing the same characters just all these years later. Oh, that's cool. And so it is really cool how they just, because they are. Obviously, she experienced all the terror of that yeah. night as well. So she's got this, you know, this little PTSD stuff going on as, uh, also. So uh, just it, it's just cool how they bring all that stuff back that, you know, she came back. And actually, the actor who plays Michael Myers plays Michael Myers again in the movies that came out recently. Oh. Because it's like, well, what better way to show the, the showcase the years that these people have aged yeah. than to just bring back the same people? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, this, like you said, this is where Michael really starts to go on the attack. Kills the dog. Um, Tommy sees him from the window. Tommy's looking out the window and just sees him standing in the front yard of yeah. Lindsay's house. Um, he'd been trying to, like, spook Lindsay anyway. Uh, but sees, her standing, sees him standing there, and he's now freaked out. Yeah, because um, he's, he's like the boogeyman. Yeah. And L- Lori doesn't believe him. Because <clears throat> no. why, why would she? Yeah. Well, I know why she should, because she's seen the boogeyman all day (laughs) as well. Like, (laughs) (laughs) this is ruining the movie for me, Courtney. (laughs) No, absolutely not. But it's just, again, these little, I wouldn't even call them plot holes, but just rationale. Like, like, you should have believed him. You've been seeing a strange person in a mask all day also. Yes. Um, And so, yeah. Annie brings Lindsay over. She's gonna so she can hang out with her boyfriend Paul. She's gonna leave. Matter of fact, she says, "If you watch Lindsay, I'll talk to Ben Tramer for you." 
uh-huh. you know, the, the one boy that, that Lori kind of likes. But Lori's too nervous and pure to say anything about it. Um, and what happens to Annie when she decides to go get the car? It's locked and she forgot her keys. So, like any normal person, went back to grab them, comes back, opens the door, and it's unlocked. And, and the windows were all fogged up. Yeah, too. they were. And I was going to be disappointed if she hadn't realized that it was unlocked. Like, immediately when she just opened it and hopped in, I was like, come on, Mike, yeah. you gave this a good grade. What is happening? But then she had realized, and she had, like, looked around, and she noticed that the windows were foggy, and then she was, like, double, like, yeah. almost looking around, like, what is going on? Yeah. And then, lo and behold, he pops out of the back seat, and there's Michael. He's, yeah, he's- he just he starts strangling from the back mm-hmm. seat and then just slits her throat. Yeah. Like, because again, he stole knives from the hardware store. Um, but you're right. I agree. I, I love the, we see these characters, again, just this dumb high school girl. We see her, you know, she's she's got love on her mind. I'm going to bail on my babysitting job and I'm going to go, go see my boyfriend. And you're right. It's like, car's not locked. I'm going to hop right in. And then it did everything like hit her at once. Like you said, like, wait, I just went and got my car (laughs) keys. Everything, you know, and then too late. Bye, Annie. So Annie is now a casualty. And nobody's there to notice. No, Um, they're not. So very soon afterwards, Linda and her boyfriend show up uh, Mm -hmm. because they're just like, we're going to party. Yeah. I don't think this was planned because they were expecting Annie to be there with Lindsay. Yes. Um, and so they were just going to basically crash the babysitting parade and uh, and see what happens. Um, and they get there and they start fooling around. They've been drinking and uh, and it's and it's empty. Like they get there and they realize the house is empty. They just maybe she took her trick or treat and who cares? Yeah. We got the house to ourselves. Um, and they do what anybody would do when you barge into a stranger's house and nobody's there. You take advantage of the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you drink their beers. Like, yes. <laughs> oh, my. Um, a little brazen, but whatever. Uh, but you'll find through the 80s, if you if you demonstrate on screen that you're no longer a virgin, you've given up all of your safety. Like, you're just... It's it's there's actually a movie that came out I think in the early 90s called Cherry Falls where it had become such a trope during the 80s that virgins live and if you have sex you die. Like that's oh my gosh. That, that's how it happens in the movies. Like premarital sex is the number one like if if any character especially females mm-hmm. if they're having premarital sex in the movie you know they're going to die. Like it's there's just no doubt about it. It's just tried and true. There's been a trope all the way through. Well, a movie came out, like I said, in the early 90s called Cherry Falls that it had become such like a like a running joke of horror films that this movie flipped it and the killer in this movie only kills virgins. <laughs> <laughs> and so the goal of all of these all of these like innocent pure girls is if we're going to stay alive, we better go we yeah. better go lose our virginity. And of course there's one that's just like I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. Uh, and of course, then you know that's the big showdown. But it's it's not a very good movie. But it's <laughs> it's it's just a fun little like. Well, that's kind of a fun idea, you know. How are you, you know? But it just sounds like a really gross way for some like gross producer to figure out a way to have a bunch of girls 
getting busy on screen. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, Bob goes downstairs to get a beer. Um, yep. And uh, does he doesn't make it back with that beer? No, he doesn't. He gets pinned to the wall with the kitchen knife. Yeah, he does. Uh, he just hears something, and again, and it's just another one of those scenes that it's just dark. Yes, like you, like it's light outside just because there's whatever moonlight. So you see silhouettes moving around, mm-hmm. but I do, I like it because you just let all of this play out in the dark. And I think and- that that's what's almost like the scariest because it's like when you're walking through your house at night to go get mm-hmm. a drink of water, like. It's just dark. It's I dark. mean, the streetlights might shine in a little bit, but that's it. And, right. I mean, obviously, unless you turn a light on, but, yeah, so it's, like, very relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree 100%. So, um, Bob doesn't make it. Like you said, he gets pinned to the wall because, again, we've established Michael has superhuman strength. Yeah. And so... <laughs> And apparently this kitchen knife does as well. Because <laughs> the, he takes everything a, does yeah, in that house. He takes a butcher yeah. knife and he well, he first lifts Bob up off the floor by his throat, which okay, whatever. But then stabs a, just a normal butcher knife through mm-hmm. his body into the wall and it holds him up. <laughs> yeah. So and Michael just kind of cocks his head like a confused dog and just kind of <laughs> admires his work. Um and so Annie's back or not Annie, uh Linda's upstairs awaiting Bob and Michael gets cute here. He does. It yeah. was it was cute. He gets a little creative. Uh how how does this next part come about? He comes upstairs and um the bedroom door kind of it opens up and she looks up and she sees uh who she thinks is Bob mm-hmm. in a ghost costume he's got yeah. like a white sheet yeah. and some sunglasses on over i think it. it was just bob's glasses he took bob's glasses, bob's glasses. off of it okay. and put them on so yes. it's like you know but again like we just saw <laughs> bob die so we know it's not yeah. bob but it's like oh michael's being all cute this is cute you know mm-hmm. normally you know we've just seen him kill two people three yeah. if you include his sister and four of course it's a mechanic but i'm like oh he's being real cute here um and, you know, so Annie, she's flashing her goods and trying. It gets to the point where, like, not Annie, I keep saying Annie, it's Linda. Uh, but, like, it gets to the point he's, he's made Linda mad because Linda yeah. thinks it's Bob and Bob's not responding. So she does, again, well, I'm sitting here topless and I'm bad, mad at my boyfriend. So I'm going to call Lori mm-hmm. <laughs> across the street, uh, which she does. And poor Lori, she's already had one phone call that day okay. where she answers the phone and hears strange noises now she picks up the phone and at that time michael comes up behind her grabs yeah. his telephone line it's the telephone cord and just starts strangling her with it so now it just sounds like a bunch of sex noises you know and mm-hmm. Lori's put off by it because it's like you called yeah. me for this yeah she doesn't even know it's linda she just assumes it's annie yeah and she's she like are you kidding me right i i feel bad for Lori because she's just trying to babysit uh-huh. um and so she's Lori's concerned now. Um, she's annoyed because Annie's whole thing. But um, so Lori, she's going to go check things out. Yeah. And when she had looked over um, at the house, like it was all black. There were no yeah. lights on or anything. Right. And so that kind of like sparked her. I think to me anyways, how I saw it was like that sparked like, oh, 
Maybe I should go see what's going on. Right. Before she leaves, though, we flash back to Loomis. We hadn't seen Loomis in a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, Loomis is... Um, he's... At one point, like, we saw him and the police officer. They were at the old Myers house. There's just a, a jump scare where, like, because, you know, the rain gutter comes swinging through and crash through the window. <laughs> that one did kind of scare me a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, that's... Oh, I, I vividly remember the first time I watched this movie. It made me jump, too. Because um, I was like, oh, my goodness. It was just a quiet conversation, yeah. and then it just yeah. kept screeching and crashing through. It was it was, it was was definitely an effective jump scare. Um, and so, you know, we see him there. He's just... He's, like, almost like a detective. He's really... Mm-hmm. He's the only one working hard to find Michael Myers. Yes. Because there's really no reason for the community to be afraid yet. Like, he says he's he's back, but there's no proof that he's back. Yeah. Um, and so, they, uh, he starts looking or whatever, and he's walking through town. And he comes across, um, you know, the stolen car. Uh-huh. And he starts searching the street. Um, Lori, that's what said. She goes across the street to investigate after that phone call. Uh, and this is where she finds a house of horrors. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, she comes, she walks into the upstairs bedroom and sprawled out on the bed is Annie. And above Annie's head yeah. is, um, Judith's headstone. Yeah. That yeah. Michael must've just had in his back pocket the whole time. Right. Because and it, where did he bring it from? He ran back to the, to the, <laughs> Uh, station wagon real quick <laughs> just real quick and I'm glad it was a station wagon from the beginning because the headstone was not going to fit in any other car no so it had to have something so I'm 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 enjoying this the unfilmed scene where like he's lowering the back seat to make room uh, you know, he's gassed up uh, at one point uh, and him running back out to get that and the extremely firm mattress that he's laid Annie out on. Uh-huh. Because you just set a headstone, a solid granite headstone, at the head of this mattress. And there's no dimples. Nope. No, It doesn't tip over backwards. It's just he's a master of, of organization here. This is the type of mattress that you see on the commercials for like... Your significant other is jumping, but you don't feel the movement. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, he's he's a man with a plan, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, Lori's, like, facing down all those. She, you know, she sees, like I said, Annie in bed. She turns around, and, like, Bob comes swinging down. She, like, looks in a closet, and, uh, you know, and Linda's in there. It's um, it's just, it's awful. Uh she heads to the hallway and and I love this scene too because she's she's like beside herself she steps out in the hallway she's very distraught and there's an open dark door frame behind her mm-hmm. and then you hear this little like doo 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 and then just just slightly out of the shadow we see Michael's face uh, and and of course they we don't know this is like the showdown yet you know mm-hmm. um, but he he rises he raises that butcher knife high and comes right down slashes through her shirt and just cuts her arm lucky lori she Uh, is at point blank range michael myers can't put a knife into her but we do need a heroine uh (laughs) but do you think you would have uh gotten right up after falling backwards over a banister and landing on your back once no no but then again, we're not a, we're not in high school shape anymore yeah. either. 
Yeah, she took quite the fall <laughs> off the banister. And she's struggling to get up fairly. She's, then Michael's just chasing her down the stairs. Uh-huh. Like, um, and she gets up. And this is probably the most suspenseful part of the movie. When she flees the house to head back over to Tommy's house. And she's running the best she can because she's hurt her leg. And Michael's just walking after her. He gave her quite the head start. Considering he wasn't very... He was like halfway down the stairs when she left. And now... But this is just the camera back and forth. She gets back over to the Doyles. The door's locked because she put the kids to bed Mm -hmm. before she went over. So the door's locked. She can't get the keys out of her pocket. Camera keeps cutting back. We're seeing Michael Myers coming across the, the Wallace's yard. Back to her pounding on the door. Coming back. He's now crossing the street like... Eventually, uh, how does she get, I forget, how does she get Tommy's attention? Um, I mean, I think she had just, well, she, she had thrown something up at yeah, the window. Yeah, it was like a flower pot. There was yeah. Like a flower, she like tossed a flower pot up there. That's right. And that's when finally, I think he had finally woken up. Right. Yeah. And he, I'll be right there. I'm like, you better hurry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you better get right here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Tommy lets her in and Lori just orders both kids. You go hide. Mm-hmm. She's trying to get the phone. The phone's dead. Like, Michael, again, he's been in a hurry. Somehow yeah. he's cut. The, he found the line, <laughs> cut the line. Um, and this is what, like, she's crouched down next to, she's crouched down next to the couch. Yeah. And, and she's she's locked the door when she came in. She's, then, I mean, she's a smart girl. And I she, also she, like how all of, like, the heroines are, like, the, the, protagonists in our movies have uh-huh. been female characters oh yeah it's, it's kind very... of it's neat to see um but yeah she looks over and the window next to her is open yeah and he had snuck in and he like grabs her from behind to attack her but she had a knitting needle just mm-hmm. so happened to have one of those and she uh stabs him in the neck with that yeah Again, missing her at point-blank range with a yep. butcher knife. Uh, but you're right. Like, puts a knitting needle right in his neck, and he just and drops him. Yeah. And then she makes the first big mistake. She leaves the knife laying there. Yeah. And which, I mean, she thought he was dead, which if I stabbed someone in the neck, I guess I would have thought that they were dead, too. But... That's true. <laughs> that's true. So she goes upstairs to check on the kids. Um, and so she's, you know... They went and hid in a closet, and she's, like, she's there at the end of, like, she goes up the stairs around, so she's, like, right there in kind of, like, the yeah. upstairs hallway. Tell them, you guys, you gotta, you gotta go. Um, I want you to get out of here, you know. And then, Tommy looks over her shoulder, and Michael's standing right there at the top of the yeah. stairs. Like, he's not dead. No, he's He's right here. there. Um, and he's very well alive. So she sends the kids back to the closet, and then she takes off into another bedroom. Again, because Michael's only like four and a half feet behind her. <laughs> but she's got plenty of time to hide. Yeah, she'll um, never find her there. And so she uh, she opens up like the balcony door of this bedroom, but then she goes and hides in the closet. So mm-hmm. give him a little misdirection yeah. to make him think that she jumped off the balcony. I mean, he's already seen her take one stumble from a second floor. So yeah, what's a second why not? one, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, she's proven she can get up after a fall <laughs> also. So she goes and hides in the closet. And this scene scared the crap out of me the first time I saw it, too. 
Um, this one was because she's like sitting there back in this closet. But this is one of the closets that like, in my opinion, has the weakest doors on it. And he's trying to get in. Finally, he just busts through yeah. the door and finds her. But lo and behold, she has a wire hanger yeah. that she stabs his eye with. You you want to know what, what part of this scene freaks me out the most? Is It's dark. It's mm-hmm. dark in the whole house. It's dark in this closet. And he finally punches through the slats of this door. And he's wrestling. I mean, he's just struggling to get yeah. through it. Because she's, she's like, secured it from the inside so he can't yeah. just open the doors. But when he... And it's just... The, it's little things for me. And you're going to notice the more and more we do these shows. It's the little things that make it... If something that can ground it in reality for even uh-huh. a moment. And so, yes, it's like, okay, you know... It, this isn't necessarily the most realistic, but there's no reason to believe. I mean, he just got stabbed in the neck, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. But when he's busted through the store trying to get for her, get to her, she's clearly cornered. There's mm-hmm. no way out except that door. But when he's struggling to get in, and he keeps catching the light string, and he keeps like, it's not a strobe effect, but it, it is in a sense that like he keeps struggling to get in and he'll pull the light switch. So now the light's on in there and she could see with everything he could see with everything. And then he struggles and it turns it off and then it turns it back. It's like for that, like, I don't know why, but those little things resonate with me that I'm like, everything is supposed to be scary when it's in the dark, Mm -hmm. but you just brought, he just accidentally brought this into the light and it's, it's like, it's almost scarier now. Yeah. Cause like, you're not just being attacked by something in the dark. You're being attacked. Yeah. And, it, and, and so, but you're right. She finds this wire hanger. Um, it must have already been untwisted most of the yeah. way. Because those wire hangers, they're... They're, they're a they're, pain. They're wound up really well. Yes. You know, I've, I've undone them before. And it takes a couple of minutes to get yeah, that. Yeah, it does. And you usually need a pair of pliers or... But not Lori. Everybody's <laughs> no. strong in this town. Yeah. So she sticks it right in his eye. And uh, and down he goes. Yep. You know, uh, second knockout of the night for Lori. Yeah, and this is where she, I mean, she stabs him here, doesn't she? Because he dropped the knife and she got out and she, she stabbed. She didn't stab him. She just, she did pick the knife up this time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she didn't stab him though. Okay. Uh, she, you know, she, he does, he drops the knife. He picks it up or she picks it up. It just steps over his body. He's just laying there. And so now she's going back to recover. Again, because mm-hmm. um, again, she just no idea why any of this is happening. So yeah. she's another just John Carpenter's just a genius. Um, you know, like like I told you, the other show we do, like the first the first month of our podcast was just Carpenter's eighties eighties Carpenter's movies, mm-hmm. and this is seventy eight. This didn't even fit into what we did because there's so many good ones that he does. Um, he's just a it's just a great director. Uh, so he sets the camera up to where Lori is right there in the foreground. We see her trying to recover. And then Michael's back in the distance laying on the floor. And then just, it just yeah. sits right up. Abs of steel. Um, and Lori has no clue. And he gets up. And yeah. she gets up. And she leaves. She kind of leaves the doorway there. out Because she's just, she's shook. She's going to go get the yeah. kids again. And then... Michael attacks her again. Uh, starts choking her out. Um, 
kind of scary moment here too. What does she do to Michael? Um, to get him to stop. I don't know if I remember that. She she pulls his mask off. Oh yes, yes. And we, because and we, he is. And we, yeah, yeah. We see him. Yeah. Like we see his face because it's like moonlight coming in or whatever. Mm -hmm. She rips his mask off, so he stops choking her. Yeah. And we see him as he's putting the mask back on. Like he looks like a twenty-one-year-old guy. Yeah. Yeah. So she's being attacked by somebody that's literally like three years older than Just she is. Just a few is. years three, older. Three yeah. or four years. So with no real rhyme or reason, we don't know why. Um, other than she was the one that dropped the key off at the house. Yeah. Uh, and so you think like, what if her dad did it? Would he? Would this movie a bit about him stalking her father? Mm -hmm. Like we don't know, but um, but yeah. It's so fate. like, yeah, you, you can't escape fate. Uh, and so it is like we see him. Uh, so he stops to pull his mask back on at this point, like I mentioned earlier, Loomis has been walking through the neighborhood and he noticed the stolen car. Yes. So now he's almost like going house to house trying to find yeah. where Michael's at. Cause he knows Michael's in the neighborhood. And as Michael puts the mask back on, Loomis is now in the house. Yeah. Um, with his gun. Don't know how he got in cause the front door was locked. Maybe he went in through the same um, window. You must didn't, have gone in through. Didn't the, the kids go out running though at one point? Oh, they did. You're. Oh, that's I was that's it. Say, You're right. You're absolutely I think, right. I think that they. Okay. Yeah. Because like it was right before she had taken the mask off. Yeah. They had gone like outside running and screaming. Yeah. She sent the kids down the street to the Mackenzie's yes. house. Yes. And when they came barreling out of the house screaming, that is when Loomis knew which house yeah. it was. I'm glad you were paying attention. Because uh, I completely. <laughs> but forgot. I forgot that she took his mask off. So. That's okay. That's okay. You're worried about the kids, uh, and so yeah. So Loomis shows up at the top of the stairs. Michael puts his mask back on. He's about to attack again. Loomis puts a bullet in him, mm -hmm. and then Loomis proceeds to put six more bullets in yeah. him. I don't know if you're counting, but he did shoot him seven times with a six shooter. Uh, <laughs> just a little film mistake. Uh, he did. He shot him seven times. Uh, at the beginning of Halloween 2, they, they basically... Halloween 2 picks up immediately after this one okay. comes out. Like, to the point that the final scene of this movie is the first scene of Halloween 2. Like, they just... They use the same footage. Okay. Except they Except they do fix how many times he gets shot. <laughs> <laughs> it is only six in the sequel. Um, but Michael, he backs out into the balcony. Apparently, there's a giant ramp up to the balcony... Because Michael just backs up and just steps backwards off of it, uh, crashes down to the ground. Lori asks, "Is that the boogeyman?" Loomis, yep. matter of fact, it was. And then looks out, looks over the balcony to see Michael's dead body, and it's not there. Yep, it's gone. And he just stares off into the night, like, mm -hmm. I "It's evil." <laughs> Ah, Halloween. I love this movie. <laughs> I, d I really liked it. Um, Good. I guess I wouldn't say, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say I loved it, but I oh, really, no. I really liked it. <laughs> Again, gen I, I really truly believe that like, we're just generational differences really yes. do matter. I really do think they do. Um, I was born a year after this movie came out. And so by the time I was watching horror films, there were three or you know two or three four of them out already yeah so like i could digest them quickly um and so like i remember seeing part six in the theaters and i'd seen all the ones previous to that like it's just 
everything was at the video store. There weren't, yeah. there was no Netflix. There was no, I mean, there, it's just, so if you watched it, you had to make a choice yes. to physically go somewhere. So you were committed to it. Um, and, but I really do think the generational differences of the type of movies you're brought up on dictate in a way, like what your favorites are uh-huh. and, and your tastes change over time. You realize there's certain movies you like better than others. Yeah. Uh, you know, types of movies anyway. And so, no, it's, I, I'm not remotely upset or offended if it's not your favorite. I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> I was just hoping you liked it. I did. Um, and so, uh, let, let's grade it. Let's grade this movie. 1978's Halloween. <laughs> Courtney, um, what do you I, grade it? I'm going to give this one an A yeah. because it is, like, so realistic. And I think mm-hmm. that, like... I mean, especially, I don't want to compare it to Terrifier, but, like, that stuff's more than likely not going to happen. Um, This could. Like, this this could very much happen. So, and it's just the little things. Like, when I walked by, after I watched it, and then I walked by, because I like to keep our blinds open all the time. Like, Uh our windows are always open. Casey gets so mad, but it's like, I walk by and I'm like, maybe I should shut that. Because <laughs> that, people can it. see inside. That so means, it's like, yes, it did scare me. <laughs> right. I love it. Um, yeah, because uh, we really we really haven't watched a ton of like realistic. Yeah. This is, this is week five. We got a Freddy Krueger, not realistic. We got Art the Clown, not realistic. Uh, and so, what? I don't. Know, what was our first week? Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp. Again, <laughs> not really that realistic. Uh, no. And so this is. I agree. This is probably the first somewhat grounded in reality, because um, all of this happens in the case of one night. There's really only, excluding the dog, like we got, we got his sister back. You know, in '63. Yeah. And then the mechanic, Annie, Linda, and Bob. Yeah. There's only five deaths. You don't see, like, you don't see blood until Lori gets cut on the arm. No. You know what I mean? So, you know, like I told you last week, like, there's really not a drop of blood in this. No. But still, but still brutal. Like, yes. Uh, and so I, like I mentioned last week, I give this movie an A+. Um, it, it's... It's just so well made, uh, so well thought out. You know, just a little bit of backstory on how he gets his on how he gets his like outfit and his mask. You know, it's like there there's a lot of questions. It's almost like they anticipated people having. Yes. You know, and there's a lot that they obviously left out. How does a, how does somebody who's been in a sanitarium since they were six know how to drive? You know, yeah. like you know, um, but they even like kind of not like answer that. But even the nurse is like. He doesn't know how to drive, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Loomis is like, well, you did very well last night, you know, like, yeah, um, yeah. they point so, out those, the, yeah. like the still, you know, resonating questions that they yeah. didn't answer you know, little plot holes, but it's just, you got to let that stuff go, yeah. you know, and enjoy the movie. But yeah, a plus for me, a for you makes me happy, 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 happy. Um, so what kind of education lessons could you pull from a movie like this? Man. This is one to think about because I've been thinking about this and it even like has the little kids in it. Um, why don't you go first on this one? Let's Fair hear. <laughs> um, Let me. 
with, in today's educational environment where there's so much work on cross-curricular education, you know, instead of compartmental, compartmentalizing or even departmentalizing where English is English and language is language. And so that I think the importance of, of current events can really ground education into the everyday life of these kids mm -hmm. because in 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 a 24-hour news cycle that we live in now granted in in all due respect 1978 didn't have a 24-hour news cycle yeah. but we do now and i think it's important for teachers to to try their best to tie their educational lessons not only into something the kids enjoy and are interested in which is Obviously, I mean, it's, that's a very huge stepping point. Yes. If you could tie it to something the kids enjoy, you're yes. going to get them, you're going to get them on board. But, but also sharing current events to where now you're starting to get opinions out or whatever. And the reason I'm going with this is in today's world, Michael Myers escaping from Instantitarium would have been on the news. Mm -hmm. And Halloween night, I would think as an educator... If that's news that I knew about, yeah, I would make sure to translate and offer that news up to my students, knowing that it's Halloween, some of them are going to be out and about, some of them are going to be babysitting, et cetera, et cetera, um, to take that extra precaution because there is, there's a murderer on the loose. Yeah. Um, and, and so taking that in context of, be, be safe, be careful, and having a vested interest in what my students are going to be doing by helping them understand that there's other things going on in town. Mm -hmm. um, there was just a couple of years ago, um, you might remember, I don't even think it was two years ago, I just think it was last year, that there were like, uh, yeah, it was just last year, there were the, the, the three inmates at the yes. jail that escaped, yes. right? I don't live too far from the jail. Mm -hmm. And if and if one of those inmates were trying to get away from town and not be seen, heading my way would have been the way to go. Yeah. You know, not into town. Thankfully, all three have been detained. Uh, but that was something that, you know, because we were on social media and, you know, it is it, it, it's a powerful part of many people's lives, of course, that... Um, you know, we saw that show up on our feet and we were on high alert. Yeah. Like, and we made sure we reached out to neighbors or just to make sure that everybody was aware of mm -hmm. it because that's not very far from where we're at. And we wanted to make sure everybody was safe uh, because you never know older people in the neighborhood maybe weren't on Facebook ever. Yeah. And so they weren't going to see this and the cops weren't calling people notifying. No, them. but there were three inmates that were, running not far from my house yeah and that was one thing that i wanted to say like that was another kind of like scare aspect is that like even though michael myers wasn't an inmate of the jail like right. he was in the psychiatric ward because mm -hmm. he i mean had he been older he probably would have been in jail oh so yeah, yeah like that <laughs> i yeah. mean it happens you know the escapes so yeah i do think that like that aspect of keeping your kids up to date on what is happening is especially, definitely important. Especially like local news. Yes. You know, yes. I mean, okay, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I remember, you know, 9-11 and it was very tragic, whatever. You know, but I was I was in college in Macomb. All this was going on in New York. 
in Washington, D.C. Yeah. And, and the whole nation was terrified, obviously. But it's one of those that, yes, it could happen anywhere, but... When you're targeting something as major as the yeah. Pentagon and as major as the World Trade Center, I don't think WIU was their third target. Yeah, you know and what I mean, mean and, and so, I was yeah, in kindergarten, right? And so it was obviously <laughs> so, it was obviously news that that was warranted and paying attention to. However, it wasn't local enough to yes. feel like it was going to have an um, could be an immediate impact. Yeah. Whereas you know. And today, absolutely, I have no doubt in my mind that if somebody, a, a, a six-year-old murderer from 15 years ago from our town, clearly everybody knows because nobody's bought the house in 15 years. Mm -hmm. If it turned out that, hey, Michael Myers has escaped and is yeah. believed to be headed back to Haddonfield, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> shut down the town. Yes. Everybody stay in. Call in, call in the FBI, like high alert and Loomis couldn't get anybody on board no nobody like he was the only one that took matters into his own hands the cop I mean it it was awful because the cop realized well actually no we're jumping the gun a little bit the cop doesn't even like um you know the police officer uh officer sheriff Brackett he doesn't even know his his daughter dies yeah it's all still the same night he does in the sequel we fight because like I said it picks up right where we left off yeah um, and it's it's a very good one too. Uh, like my wife, like she she loves one and two as like one long movie. Okay. You know, even though they made it like three years later, yeah. and Jamie Lee Curtis is clearly wearing a wig through the whole thing. But for her, <laughs> it's like it's one long movie. Um, and so, but yeah, that's that's my that's probably my educational input. I filter like that. in filter in local current events as much as mm -hmm. possible. Especially if it poses some sort of danger to your community, make sure your students are aware of it. Don't just assume they're aware because they're kids, and obviously yeah. the younger the younger kids are going to have some sort of supervision looking after yes, them. Yes, mine would Hope. be like filtering in and letting the parents know. You know, right. I mean, I'm not going to okay kindergarten. Yeah, <laughs> there's a bad guy out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, but definitely keeping up to date with everything that is going on. Right safety for your kids but having high school kids that are the smartest people on the planet and know better yeah. than anybody um really trying to break through that initial blase response and actually get through to them and be like you don't you've got to understand yeah i know that you don't think it's going to happen to you and it's not a big deal but we don't want to find out because in this case let's say you know the next day because all this happened i don't know what day it is other than halloween but on November 1st, there are two students that are not returning to high school. Yeah. I'm assuming Bob's graduated already because he's got Yeah. People. Yes. He's, he seemed older. But there are two. There are, there are two students. Annie and Linda are deceased and no longer students at Haddonfield High School. And you're going to need massive, uh, you know, you're going to need massive attention done to Lindsay and Tommy who have just been terrorized. Yeah. So there's trauma on their plate. Yeah. You know, and it's Lori, like, I mean, she's messed up as well. So Lori goes yeah. to the hospital. Yeah. I, I'll just tell you that. Cause that's where she's okay. at. For, that's where part two takes place is had okay. to the hospital. Uh, Michael tracks her down there. Um, but it's still Halloween night. Like Halloween two. I mean, it picks up immediately afterwards. Okay. You know, just picture in Halloween two. They're on the lookout for somebody mm -hmm. dressed in a jumpsuit with a mask on, on Halloween. They don't know who they're looking for. And when they're out looking for them, the police are now involved. 
I mean, the trick or treaters are still out. You know, so like they they're trying to get people to take it seriously. Yeah. Nobody knows. It literally just happened. Um, and so it's uh, it's a good movie. It it is it is definitely a good one. Um, so, but it's not one we're watching next week. <laughs> no. Because we are we're gonna do this again. <laughs> We are having uh, our friend Delaney from the Two Dumb Witches podcast. Uh, she will be back for real this time. Her mi- missing last week had absolutely nothing to do with her. Um, no, I mean, no. I'm, I'm going to be honest. It, it kind of had to do with, I mean, it had to do with me because I got back later from my plans right. than what I had planned on coming back from. Yeah. Uh, I, was, so yeah. I wasn't going to throw you under the bus. <laughs> I'll throw you, myself under the bus. But if you want to throw yourself yes, under there, I'll let you. I will. Uh, but and I would not be mad if you did. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do it. But thankfully, Delaney, Delaney's, uh, you know, she's a, she's a great person. And she's still excited to come back. So we're going to come back next week and we're going to talk about the craft. For real this time. <laughs> no Terrifier 2 surprises. We're going to watch the craft. Uh, well, I've already watched the craft. I I'm have taking- too. Okay, so we're ready. I will probably um, watch it again, but yes, I have to. So, but yeah, we've got the craft under wraps, so we're going to meet up with Delaney next weekend and get it out for the following uh, the following episode. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that because that's mm-hmm. that's a whole well, like you said, you watched it. That's one of the beauties of the horror. Uh, you look at movies like comedies, and it's like yeah. if it doesn't make you laugh, it's not a comedy. Yep. You know, it's not or it's not funny. It's a comedy. It's just not your comedy. Mm-hmm. And if it's an action film, you better make sure there's action. If it's a mystery, there better be a mystery. But I feel like with horror films, it's like, it's it, it just, it's such a huge category. Yes. Are there zombies or werewolves or vampires or just a I'm serial killer? Or did yeah. somebody break into your home? Or uh, are did you get attacked by a giant spider? Or is there a ghost? Or is it all in your head? Or it's like, it's, as long as it... I guess it just makes you uncomfortable in a yeah. situation that would be terrifying to be in. And for me, that's really what it is. Is if I if I switch places with somebody in that in that situation, uh, it's like yeah, it'd be horrific. Uh-huh. And so I've seen a lot of duds, but they're still horror. Like yeah. you can't deny that they're not horror. And that's where uh, and I you'll find you know you probably see it already. I use the word horror a lot instead of scary. Yes, and I like that because to me, like, this is, like, horror. Scary to me is, like, jump scares. Yes. And, like, yeah. oh, I've been scared. Not right. really, like, it res- It stays with me. Yeah, I feel like um, people that you, people that describe it as scary movies are often disappointed if it doesn't scare them. Yes. And so, but I look at it as that, that doesn't mean it's not a horror film. Mm-hmm. Not all horror films are scary. Which I did not think about until I started watching these because it's like, yeah, I mean, it's true. It's true. Like, right. it doesn't have to have a jump scare to right. be, yeah, not to every, be spooky. I mean, I've seen, like, like there's horror comedies. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some movies that we could... One of the goriest movies I've ever seen is is hilarious. But it's, but it's still a horror film yeah. because it's dealing with zombies and it's dealing with, uh, you know, there's, I mean gallons of blood and monsters and yeah but at the end of it it's like it's a hundred percent horror but it's funny like it's just situationally and it's written and acted and it's just humorous it's not like we're gonna tell jokes kind of funny but it's just it's just humorous yeah Uh, and so 
Um, and that's what I, I think it's one of the things I really do like about the genre is it doesn't have to be scary to be yes. a horror film. If it's not funny, it's hard to call it a comedy. Like mm-hmm. that's the whole point of it is supposed yeah. to make you laugh. Um, you know, and romance, I guess romance is probably in the other vein, uh, kind of like horror of you can tell if it's a romantic movie, even if it doesn't like make you all sympathetic and uh-huh. heartfelt. like you could still be like, okay, yeah, there's still romance there, but, but no, we're going to come back next week with another horror film where we go away from slashers and, and, uh, just clowns first one with no clowns <laughs> no clowns in this one after three straight weeks of clowns uh we're gonna come back with um yeah i guess it was three straight weeks of clowns yeah, yeah. uh we're gonna come back with the craft we're gonna watch a high school based witch movie with a witch for some mm-hmm. so all right well you guys know where to find us on social media um Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where we are at. Uh, YouTube, if you like to watch. Podcast apps, if you don't. And uh, Courtney, you got anything you want? To, anything else you want to say about Halloween? Um, have a safe Halloween. And, oh yeah, have a safe Halloween. Uh, if any high schoolers are listening, I do like Tootsie Rolls, so Ooh. you can send your Tootsie Rolls to the kindergarten hallway. And I do. <laughs> I will. I do like your Halloween themed shirt. Yes, I. You know, I thought I had to break it out. I've only been able to wear it once to school. So, yeah, the the Halloween ABCs. I like it. I like it. I am wearing a uh, Tales from the Crypt t-shirt. So, you don't know what that is, though. No, I don't. Uh, Tales from the Crypt was an HBO horror anthology. Being on HBO, they could get away with whatever. And there's no commercials. So, there were hour-long, basically hour-long movies. Mm -hmm. And... Each one just tells some sort of horrific story. And you're, you're going to see a lot of big-name actors in there and a lot of big-name directors doing it. It was a huge hit. I think it was on for five seasons, uh, oh, nearly, wow. a hun- nearly 100 episodes. And they're oh, not yeah. all good, but they're good. Like, they're gory, they're scary, yeah. they're situated, you know, or they're gory and they're horrific and they're everything that we've talked about. Uh-huh. With it being HBO in the 80s and early 90s, there's a lot of nudity as well. Um, but they're good. They're, they're a fun in a pinch kind of thing. Like you don't necessarily have an hour or like hour and a half to two hours, but you want to watch something. You could throw yeah. uh, tales from the crypt on and be very happy with what you've watched. Um, some of them are very funny, uh, but they're just, they're, they're very well done. I'm a big fan of tales from the crypt. Um, and so, yeah, there's that as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, that's that. I think that's it for this week. If you don't have anything else, you guys have a happy Halloween. And for Dedication, I am Mike. And I am Courtney. And we will see you next week with The Craft. See ya.